Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com Indiana left field. Back at the track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's landing I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Our connection podcast network viewers and listeners, welcome into WWE War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT. Joining me as always is my buddy Marcus. Marcus, how are you? Good man. Uh, I'm excited to finally talk about a good Royal Rumble. I feel like we haven't had one uh, by my standards. So uh, we're also be talking about No Way Out as well, which is a, another big show. So uh, yeah, we got a lot of big business to take care of tonight. I'm looking forward to getting into it. When we wrap up, we'll be on the doorstep of the end of another season. Uh, lights are there ahead of us. We'll see how tonight goes, though. And, of course, this is the nerdiest podcast here on the North-South Connection. Uh, we're both uh, video and audio simulcast. So if you're watching here on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you subscribe while you're visiting and leave us a comment as well. And we're also available in audio form on any podcast app by searching North-South Connection. Many of our shows are simulcast. So that said, here on this show, we look at wrestling in the world of replacement level. Average match, average crowd, average moment. That's a wash. But as we watch these shows, anything that we feel is better than average gets a plus one or two or three. Anything that's below average gets a minus. We net all that out. 
and we're going to rank all these pay-per-views we're watching. We watch every single pay-per-view in WWE history in a season format. So for this season, we started at Backlash 2001. We're going to end at WrestleMania 18, and we do every season the same way. We jump around randomly um, from season to season, so it's not a full chronological show, but it's got a little chrono taste to it. Uh, as we do that, we're going to ra- uh, rate every match. I give a grade. Marcus gives a grade. We take the average of our score, and then we go plus minus from that two and a half average match grade. Tally that up. That's our total match grades. Uh, Marcus, we then also use other categories to uh, divvy up these shows. What are those categories that we look at? Yep. Our categories are build, commentary, atmosphere, notable moments, and importance, our match grades, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches. And for an all-time match to, all-time match to be a plus, it is anything we both agree is 4.25 or and above. And for it to be a minus, it is anything we both agree is 0.75 and below. All right. And uh, yeah, so we're going to go through all those categories, talk about all the good and all the bad. But before we do that, we're going to dive into the show proper and get into the match breakdowns. We're talking Royal Rumble 2002 from January 20th, the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia, 16,106 in attendance, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Waller on commentary. We have a Sunday night heat match. No, actually, we don't. No heat match tonight. We're right into the show. So let's dive in. We have the tag team titles on the line. We have new champions, Marcus. Spike Dudley and Taz defeated the Dudley boys at Madison Square Garden uh, on a pretty big episode of Raw a couple weeks before this to win the tag team titles. And they defend them here against the Dudleys. Um, So this is a little bit ECW flavor here with Spike feuding with his brothers. And uh, I'll say I was slightly disappointed by this, but they don't give it a lot of time. It's like five minutes. I went two and a half, and we have an upset win. Taz and Spike end up retaining. Uh, I, I, fig- I think a lot of people at the time figured the Dudleys would just win it back. This was like a Marty and one, two, three kid style win for a couple weeks just to pop the big new Raw of the year, uh, of the new year. So, uh, you know, I think pretty big upset coming in, I guess. I mean, it. The sad part about it is Taz being positioned as an underdog is, is a little weak. I mean, you know, he was obviously kind of downplayed toward the back end of the invasion, ended up jumping because Austin beat the shit out of him. So, like, he's just been a weird position. He's kind of doing announcing as well. So he's kind of in between. Is he active? Is he not active? Uh, for all intents and purposes, this is really his last run anyway. Like, after this tag title run, he's he's done in the ring. So I guess one last little piece of gold for Taz in the WF. But two and a half for me on this opener. Yeah, I thought this was just a piece of business to kind of get the titles back on the Dudley boys at the pay-per-view, but uh, Taz and Spike retain here, and sadly, this is probably the most momentum Taz has had since his debut uh, at Royal Rumble 2000. Um, uh, two and a half for me, though. Uh, pretty standard and straightforward. Uh, our next match is for the Intercontinental title, as Edge is going to lose the Intercontinental title to William Regal. Uh, I went with three. I felt this was in line with uh, their match from Vengeance. Um, I think this is where like Chad's 10-point scale would probably come in handy because I'd probably have this match a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our project, uh, the four score is the same. I did go a little bit higher than than Vengeance. I went three and a quarter for this. I did like it slightly better. Um, but it's still kind of stuck in the mud a bit like we talked about. Like The Styles Clash is still kind of there. Um, you know, Edge is trying to amp things up. Regal's, you know, working him on the mat. This is really now we're heavily in like the brass knuckles era for Regal as well. Um, and he uses them here to win the uh, win the IC title. So pretty big win for Regal. Take the IC belt. Feels like an icy guy. Um, Edge's run comes to an end. He's had it for a while. 
So we'll see if we get another match out of these two or if Regal moves on with his belt from here. But uh, that's just you know, fine. But it's not that level up that we've been talking about that like we'd like to see from Edge. All right, next up, the women's titles online. Trish Stratus defeats Jazz to retain. So Jazz steps in, gets another title match here, like she did a Survivor Series. And again, I consider this an upset uh, that Trish retained over Jazz. I thought Jazz was going to win a Survivor Series. I thought Jazz was going to win here. But they're sticking with Trish as the stalwart champion right now and trying to continue to, like we talked about last episode, you know, suffer through that short-term pain to get the long-term gain of reestablishing the women's division. I like this uh, much better than Vengeance, which for Jackie. I think it was right on par around with Survivor Series with the six pack. So I went two and three quarters in this. This is a show I've seen dozens of times, and every time I'm surprised that Trish retains. Uh, I always expect Jazz to win. Um, so two point seven five for me, um, and we're we're quickly making up some ground from the um, you know the the long term investment with the uh, the short term pain. Um, this was this was pretty good. Uh, our next match is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Flair taking on Vince McMahon. This is a street fight. Um, I went 3.75. Um, really, really, really good. Um, not up in like the S tier of like Vince garbage matches. Um, it's not this far is still off, really though. Good. It's not far yeah. off. No, it, it, I would have an A tier. Uh, maybe that's a possible project down the line. Um, but this was still really enjoyable. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, Flair gets some juice here. Uh, I can't remember if Vince gets juiced or not, but he is juiced out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be up there with WrestleMania uh, 19 with uh, jacked Vince. I think people <laughs> yes. forget about how insanely jacked he is here. Yeah, he's he's, massive. <laughs> he looks like Test. <laughs> I went three and three quarters as well. This is an awesome match. It holds up wonderfully. Um, There's two old guys beating the shit out of each other, screaming at each other. Uh, this is another one at the time. I was surprised they didn't hold off till Mania. Like, it felt like all the co-owners go to war. You know, Vince always has a big Mania match. Like, this felt like it was going to be a WrestleMania battle between these two guys. So, just like Vengeance, I was shocked when they kept rolling these matches out on these other cards. But this one is great. Um, you know, they have Flair's kids at ringside. Vince torturing them in front of them. And then Flair beats the shit out of them. And they take the picture and everything. Uh, that's really good. Flair gets to win. Um, this was like, yeah, I mean, the first great Flair match since 1992. So, or 93, depending on how I feel about perfect. But it was cool to see uh, Flair and his return in the ring to take on Vince. All right. We have our finale between The Rock and Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho retains yet again, beating, beating The Rock. So he ends up beating him, what, three out of four times in this feud? So, yeah. I mean, Rock definitely tried to put this guy over. Not all of them were clean. You know, here I think what he used is the low blow and the tight. So it's probably the cleanish ish one, I guess. Maybe not the... No outside interference, though, which yeah. is nice. So he still... Oh, he pushes... He hits the low blow, throws him into the exposed buckle, and rolls him up and uses the ropes. But <laughs> that's like heel cheating, though. That's not like help. You know, that's yeah. just like him being a smart heel. So I thought this is the... The strongest they let him look against the rock. I went four. Uh, Vengeance, I went uh, four and a quarter. And No Mercy, I was at four and a half. I haven't watched a Raw match in a minute, so I'd have to recheck that. But again, I, this is how I remembered it being about a quarter star down every time. Um, this was still really good. Their feud is still awesome across the board. Uh, when four is like your worst match of the series, like this is pretty good. Uh, so they really hit on all cylinders. They give a lot of time here as well. And I. I think coming out of this one, you feel like Jericho is kind of the guy by this point. I don't, I don't think it feels like he's cosplaying. I think he feels like he's the guy. And if he's going to Mania as champion, I think it feels earned by this point. Yeah, and I really like that, like, 
the roles are cemented here. Um, like we started this journey with like the face face and lots of tension and then like Jericho shading heel, but like also like back at no mercy, like the crowd's kind of picking Jericho over rock. Um, but now here at the rumble, Jericho is firmly cemented as a heel. Um, so with this match, I went four and a half and it ends their feud with an exclamation point. Um, I was four and three quarters on their new mercy match and I haven't watched the raw match either, uh, in a while. Um, but for our project, this is the second best match of the series for me. Um, and I think I just really liked that, like Jericho had a defined heel role. Rock had his defined role. He came out fired up. Uh, and I love the super heel finisher sequence of like the exposed turnbuckle rolling yes. up, roll the roll up, the feet on the rope, the low. Like I love all of it. Um, I thought it thought it was really good. Uh, so that takes us to our main event of the evening, and it is the namesake Royal Rumble match. Triple H is going to get his first Royal Rumble victory in his in-ring return. Um, I went four and a quarter, and I feel like I've been a lot harsher on Royal Rumble matches as we've gone along with this project. We finally get an all-timer for me. Um, this one is really, really good, not without fault, um, but you get a lot of good moments, and the structure is mm -hmm. really good. Um you got the returns, which I like that you know about the returns. Yes. But the surprise is like, where are they going to happen? Because you don't know yet. Um, and they saved like the biggest towards the end with Mr. Perfect coming back. Um, it, just, it was just a, a really well put together match. Um, I think the only down period is like after Undertaker is eliminated. But that leads to Austin coming in right. um, yeah. and sets up his his segment of the match. So. Everything kind of served a purpose. I don't like um, RVD, who is still like our hottest star. Um, he gets he gets jobbed out pretty hard. We used to uh, talk this about match, this all but... the time on Now We're Enjoying the Rumble, right? Guys get the benefit of 30 or 29, but it ends up hurting their Rumble performance because the match is ending at that point. So unless you're winning from 29 to 30, you're not going to have a good performance because you can't. It's only going to be like four or five minutes. So him and Booker in this match end up looking a bit like jobbers because of that, because they come in like 29 30 and they're not going to win. They don't really have long performances. I think RVD is a guy that deserved to come in earlier and have a long run to really show off for sure. Um, I went four yeah. and a half. I think it's a top end rumble. Uh, it's maybe one of the most star powered rumbles they have. Like, I mean, there's so many big names throughout up and down the card in this one. Um, and like you said, you get the big returns, you get Rikishi, you got Goldust, you got Mr. Perfect. Val Venus is back. Triple H is back. Um, so you have a lot of big names coming back into the match. Uh, you have the fun spot, the hurricane with the double choke slam on Austin Triple H. That's a pretty classic. All the Undertaker Maven stuff, the Hardys reuniting. Like there's so many big moments throughout the match that stand out. Mr. Perfect swatting the gum while he's against the ropes. Um, that's a classic. So, and I like the finish. I like the tease of, you know, you're figuring to get Austin Triple H, um, but it ends up being an angle. Austin gets thrown out before him. And Triple H wins. I mean, it was, it was one of those ones where it's like Sean in 96 and Austin 98. It was pretty obvious coming in, but it's probably the right call. So it's fine. Um, look, we, we could rebook this era to death. You know, maybe we'll do some at WrestleMania. We've done it and other stuff. Uh, you know, there's a million ways that could have went with Triple H with Angle with RVD and all these guys into Mania. Uh, we probably don't need to dive into it yet again here. But uh, I did like this rumble a lot. Four and a half. So that gives us a total war score of six, which is very strong. Uh, not a lot of matches, but they had some good bang for the buck. And let's get to our categories, Marcus. We'll start with build. We gave two points for the uh, pretty legendary return. Triple H and MSG, MSG gets that massive pop. It's an awesome moment. 
A point for Taz and Spike winning the tag titles on Raw. A point for Edge and Regal staying hot with the brass knuckles coming into the feud. A point for Jazz uh, breaking Trisha's hand during a backstage attack. A point for McMahon and Flair having an owner war, the vicious bloody pipe attack leading to the street fight. A point for Rock and Jericho continuing their rivalry and elevating Jericho. And then a point for the good teases, the returning stars. Like you said, we have the hype of Mr. Perfect and Goldust and Rikishi coming back, etc. Uh, for our minuses, we have uh, Jackie going from title contender to being presented as like a, an old legend as a special ref uh, just in one month. And then um, uh, we got the uh, Hardys feud. It's just like all, all but forgotten pretty much um, since they've been back. Um, but that is it for minuses. So that gives us a war score of six for build. Yeah, pretty strong. Um, and yeah, the uh, Hardy thing's weird. Like, it's fine. I think they do kind of like when they, when they come in, Jared, Oh, it looks like the back on the same page. Like I think they realized that this wasn't working. So they both kind of vanished after vengeance and then to show up here and they hug with Lita and like, they're oh, the Hardys are back together. I think they, they figure they're better together at this point, but um, we'll see how long that lasts. Commentary gave a point for the good uh, job selling the brass knucks power of the punch story that plays into the finish. A good point for the focus and debate on if Jericho can back up his talk and keep his title against the big dogs. A point for a good job selling Maven, eliminating Undertaker is a big deal. And then uh, <laughs> JR tells King when uh, the Godfather makes his return. I don't think I don't know if we mentioned him a minute ago when we were naming all the guys. Uh, the Godfather's big return. He comes out with the uh, escorts because he's now gone legit. He's no longer a pimp. It's a businessman. Right. Uh, and Ross says King can buy the escorts a condo in Fort Myers. Uh, just made me laugh because I think that's was that where his condo was with the cat had to be right. Because why else would Jay? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, so that made me laugh. I thought that was a pretty funny line. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses, we got King gawking uh, over Stacy within thirty seconds of the period oh, starting. Like it's so embarrassing. Uh, you could not turn on this show and rewatch it around like anybody that you care about. It's, it's so embarrassing to watch. Um, King stroking it to Trish uh, during that match. Uh, King sucking up the Vince uh, all over um, in, in the, the Flair Vince match. Um, Chucky constantly by JR. And he says it with, with such disgust. Chucky. Um, and then I uh, got King stroking it over the, uh, the escorts as well when Godfather makes his entrance, which we just talked about. Yeah, it's whatever. All right, so that's a oh, Chucky. I, I, I that drives me nuts around this run. Like he does it here, he does a little bit of no way out. It just oh, he calls himself Chucky, and it doesn't even end up being that. This is Billy and Chuck, but like every time he says Chucky, he says it, and it drives me insane. Chucky. Uh, so that's a wash. That's a zero for commentary. Uh, but buckle up, buddy, because here we go. This might be a record. We're gonna have to look back for moments. Um, all right. Cocky by Kid Rock is a pay-per-view theme. It's a great song. And they used it for the Ric Flair music video leading up to this too, which is really good. Atlanta's location was pushed hard. They never had a rumble. It added to the feel and the vibe of things. A point for the... Um, I'm sorry, this is uh, atmosphere, not moments. A point for the Red Hot Dudley's entrance. A point for Edge's Rob Zombie entrance. A point for the big pop for Trisha's win. A point for the big pop for Flair. A point for the crowd being massively into Vince and Flair. A point for the big pop for The Rock. A point for Chris Jericho's Rockstar entrance as champion. A point for the crowd being all in during Rock and Jericho. They go nuts at the end of that match. A point for Goldust's old school entrance, bringing back the old look and feel. A point for the crowd being super engaged with every countdown and pop for the Rumble entrance. A point for the big pop for the Hardy reunion and jumping the Undertaker. A pump for the crowd going nuts when Maven knocks Undertaker out of the ring. A point for the monster pop for Triple H, who felt like the biggest star of the match. 
so that's that's a lot of atmosphere right there. But it was the crowd was awesome on this show. Yeah, well, well earned. Atlanta finally got a pay per view. I don't, I don't know if it's their first one ever, first one in a long time uh, for WWF, and they delivered. Um, for our minus, we only have one, and that is uh, no reaction for the Diamond Cutter in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. What are we doing? It was silence when he hit this fucking move. This is dead silence, dead and gone. That was sad. Uh, But that is a plus fourteen for atmosphere, Marcus. We got to look back. That might have been. That's got to be up there as one of our peak ones. Uh, All right, let's get to moments. Uh, A point for the Taz mission rebuilt as a deadly tap. Good on them. A point for Regal winning the IC title. A point for Taz beating uh, Taz Trish beating Jazz clean. Uh, building a resume, a point for the return of Mr. Perfect, a point for the return of Goldust, uh, a point for Val Venus going back to being a porn star instead of the right to censor, a point for the Godfather coming back as being, not from being the good father, he's gone legit, a point for the Hardys and Leader reuniting, uh, two points for Maven eliminating Undertaker, that's a pretty memorable moment. Um, uh, we got, we'll count Maven in the debuts, we usually just go max at three, so I'm going to just add that over the well, actually, that's a, that's a debut, not a return. Alright, point. Um, a uh, point for Triple H winning the Royal Rumble and a point for Mr. Perfect's uh, legendary gum swat. He's against the ropes, about to be eliminated. He spits the gum and swats into the crowd. Just uh, an awesome All time. All time moment. Uh, let's see if we can wait this out with some minuses. Uh, we got Jericho still needing help uh, to cheat and win with all the uh, bells and whistles attached to it. Uh, it feels like he needs a legit win on his own strength at some point. Uh, we got the big boss man's final WF pay-per-view appearance. Um, vanishes Sad. very quietly and then passes away just two years later. Like a shockingly young age. He was only in his like what early, early mid-30s, 40s. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, 40s, yeah. Yeah. Um RVD and Booker get uh great draws towards the end of the rumble, but uh weak showings overall. Um they they could have really used a strong outing again, like you could put RVD earlier. You could have put mm-hmm. Booker in there when like Austin makes his right. uh his entrance and kind of has. Yeah, they don't really blow that feud Austin. off. We had the cool supermarket fight, and they never, yeah, never went anywhere. Um, even though Bossman does leave soon, we do get the dream team of Team Ninety One, as I call them, Bossman and Perfect team up a little bit on TV. Oh yeah, uh, following the show, so I got to see them live in Providence instead of Raw in February. It's the highlight. Highlight for me, Team 91 coming together. Uh, so that's a plus 10 for moments. A big score. Uh, six for match grades. Card structure, we give a point for starting hot with the Dudleys and Stacy's banger entrance. Uh, Stacy, we didn't talk about her being added to the Dudley package, but it's a great I mean, it's an iconic look. The camo mini skirt, the top, uh, the glasses, like just all time. Diva Hachi Machi look. Um, and she really added a lot to the Dudleys, actually, overall. Like, I think her presence was a big one. So that looked good. Uh, and felt good. This card structure. Uh, a point for the stacked undercard. Just all title matches and the and the owner fight. So no messing around here. Um, and a point for having Goldust be number two and getting his full entrance was like a pretty sharp mm-hmm. idea. Like why not roll out the carpet? And then a point for the star power to finish the rumble. They got all the big names at the end, except for like Undertaker. It's like really the only one that's not in there to finish it off. Yeah, uh, the Duchess of Dudleyville uh, might mm. be a top one all time. Uh, mm-hmm. High praise. Uh, for our minuses here for the card structure, uh, we've got um, a slow start to the Rumble since we're like saving a lot of that star power. Um, it uh, you know takes a little while to get warmed up and get going there. It's a uh, Greg Valentine Rumble. And then uh, poor DDP getting thrown out off camera during Godfather's entrance. Um, so that gives us a two for card structure. 
Yeah, Godfather was in like a full friggin' Vegas stage show. <laughs> well, DDP just gets thrown out quietly. Kind of weak for sure. Um, I will say this. The Duchess of Dudley's is the only time I can get into the Wizards of the Wicked Wood <laughs> name. No, we started the season with. Uh, all right, rewatchability, a point for Bloody Vince screaming and tapping out. So like you said earlier, he did bleed. Uh, and he's just in the figure four trapped. Um, the what promo. The what is like crazy during this time period. It gets old real fast, but this is kind of the peak. Um, a point for the rock bottom through the announce table and the buzz from the crowd with it was awesome looking. A point for Undertaker destroying everyone, Maven eliminating him, and Taker beating the shit out of him around the concourse. All very watchable. Scotty Too Hotty dancing right into an Undertaker soup bone was great. Mr. Perfect's gum swat. Hurricane's double choke slam attempt on Triple H in Austin. RVD nailing an awesome frog splash across the whole ring on his entrance. Um, and that's it. So that's uh, the positives for rewatchability. What do you got for the negatives? Uh, for the negatives, we have what a mania as well. Depending on how you uh, trend on what a mania, I, I trend high. I love what a mania, except when it's uh, blended with some xenophobia. Uh, we got Sean's terrible Texas flag button down tucked into his jeans at WWF oh, New York. Oh God, brutal! Oh, terrible look. Um, and then uh, Undertaker murdering Maven with a gross chair shot. Um, oh, brutal! This didn't need that. That was like one yeah. too much. Like, yeah, he really scrambled his brains. Um, so that's a plus five for rewatchability. We have one all-time match. That is the Royal Rumble match itself, plus one. And Marcus, roll out the carpet, buddy, because we have a new king in town, Royal Rumble 2002, with a total score of 44. The World Wrestling Federation for over 50 I don't really the, the revolutionary the force in sports entertainment. <laughs> Our new king. I guess we'll leave the rap part in. Anyway. Uh, PTSD uh, of 1995. Raw. 44 points. All right, Mabel. Son of King Mabel. 44 is, uh, that is a number, buddy. That is a number. That's. I, did mm. you expect this coming in? I didn't. I thought it'd be a top five show. Um, yeah. Just because it's got a really good rumble, the atmosphere is off the charts. All the matches hit, um, lots of moments, but the moments carry not, and the star power, like that's yeah, crazy. I, I did not expect a a, a new uh, all time show for us. It so, might be our forever surprised. king, buddy. It might be our forever king at forty four. That, that's a big number. All right, we still got some heavy hitters left yeah, to enter, do. but um, yeah, this is. I think it's going to hold for a while. Um, yeah, with what we got coming up next season, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything taking this one down for at least yeah. a couple seasons. All right, so that's uh, forty-four. Our second place show, SummerSlam one with thirty-nine. So I mean, we, that's a five-point jump over our previous number one. So pretty wild, pretty wild. Um, it's always tough to come off the big one down to the next one, but here we are. We're gonna dig into No Way Out two thousand two. We'll see if this can keep the momentum going. And uh, this is a pretty famous pay-per-view, of course, as the big return of the New World Order, or debut, I should say. February 17th, 2002, from the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 15,291 in attendance, Jim Ross, Terry Lawler, and commentary. We had one Sunday night heat match. DDP defeats the big boss man by DQ. So there you go. Uh, European title was on the line in that one. DDP retained. Is that a three-minute match, too? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, 319, uh, buddy. Love it. All right. 
sets us our opener, and that is a tag team turmoil match as the APA last eliminate Billy and Chuck to win this and become the number one contenders to the tag team titles of WrestleMania. We have Scotty, Tuhati, and Albert. We have Christian and Lance Storm. We have the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, Billy and Chuck, and the APA. So pretty much the entire tag division outside of Spike and Taz, who are our champions still at this point, um, holding those belts. I thought for sure Billy and Chuck were going to win this match at the time. It seemed like they were setting up for that. So it was really weird when they didn't, and the Dudleys did. Uh, I remember thinking, I mean, uh, and the APA did, who felt very washed, like just odd choice at that point to have them go over. But we'll see where it leads. Uh, that said, as a match, I thought it was pretty good. I went three three and a quarter. Like, everyone in there can kind of go. And um, the excitement was there, especially the Hardys and Dudleys. We keep talking about it comes back to them, comes back to them. But they're still super over, so the energy helps. Yeah, and uh, the APA, they're so, like, intense when they want to dial it up, and they haven't been overexposed because a lot of the focus was on the three major tag teams. So, like, whenever they do get heated up, I feel like it's it's good leftovers. Um, I went three and a quarter as well. Uh, doing this project, I think I realized that Tag Team Turmoil is, like, one of my favorite gimmick matches WWF does. Um, so I really enjoyed this. Um, Chuck, Chucky, Chucky. Uh, <laughs> um, our next match is a singles contest against uh Rob Van Dam and Gold Dust. Um, I went three and a quarter. This was a really solid match, I thought, mm-hmm. just to kind of like keep Van Dam entertained in between Rumble and WrestleMania, a little TV program for him to do, but also kind of like have him work the WWE style, which. If you're looking for a show where, like, <laughs> yeah. where does this really begin? I think you can kind of tell it's here. Um, a lot of the matches kind of have the same the same beats, the same flow, the same structure. Um, but Van Dam was able to fit in pretty well without, like, any of the hardcore stuff. So three and a quarter for me. Yeah, I went three. This is like a sneaky stiff match. Um, they hit each other pretty hard all through this. I remember at the time feeling like, eh, I felt like such a waste of RVD. Like, I know Goldust is cool. He's back. I guess there was semi pushing him. The build is pretty good where he's like teasing like a star rising star. He's talking about, and then he reveals that it's RVD. So it's fine. I guess if you look at Goldust in this time is maybe a little bit up the card. It's a fine, like you said, it's a fine use. They're obviously priming RVD for a big match in mania. So why not have him get a solid win on, on pay-per-view to set that up? So I don't know who else to get a fought here. So I mean, it's probably fine. All right. Tag team titles on the line. Our next match, Taz and Spike Dudley defeat Booker T and test to retain. Uh, Booker T and Tess were a fun little team. I, I like them together. They had a good look. They teamed a little bit during the evasion. They kind of run it back here. Spike and Taz, though, are the underdogs who are no longer underdogs in this run. Like, they're just becoming the champions now. And I don't know if that's good or bad, uh, but they keep winning and they keep rolling with them. So we'll see if they make it to Mania. But as of now, they're still rolling. I went two and three quarters. This was fine. Nothing to write home about, though. Yeah, I would have thought that, like, with the APA winning, would get to Booker T and Test uh, for us. Yeah, that would have been fine. Yeah, not the case here. Uh, two and a half for me. Um, excuse me. Uh, as we get to our Intercontinental title match, as uh, it is the final match in the series, as Edge takes on William Regal. Regal is going to retain the Intercontinental title, and this was uh, Brass Knuckles on a pole. Um, uh, what did I have this at? Uh, two and uh, 2.75 for me. So uh, the least of their matches so far. Um yeah, this was like diminishing returns. I just, by the end, I was just ready to be done with them. I went three and a quarter, so I had it on par with, with their last match. Um, but yeah, it's 
It didn't elevate Edge like we thought it would. The feud held up in my mind as I thought it did. It seemed a little bit um, styles clashy. They didn't click. They didn't mesh. They had three cracks at it. It never really worked. Um, it was meant to probably be a, a series to really elevate Edge as a worker. But in the end, he ends up losing the IC title, losing two straight. Regal leaves as champion, and Edge doesn't feel like he went up a level. We'll get another feud coming in a couple months that they'll try and do the same thing for Edge, and that one goes a little bit better. But um, you came out of this one thinking, oh, maybe Regal's I don't know, not not what he had. Maybe his fastball's dipping a little bit. Um, but we'll see what he's got cooking next. So three and a quarter for me. Up next, we have The Rock taking on The Undertaker. The Rock wins. This is solid with three and a half. I actually liked it better than I expected to. Um, I think historically, these guys don't have a lot of chemistry. They've had a couple of matches in the past that just did not seem to mesh, but this one had a little bit more structure and focus around it. I like the story with the lead pipe. It's a good use of both these guys that kind of have nothing to do in this interim. Undertaker is kind of on the doorstep of getting ready to torture Ric Flair. Brock is, you know, looking for something to hold him over till Mania which we know what's coming for him the next night after this. Uh, so, I went, you know, 17 and a half minutes, so they give him a lot of time. This could have this could have stunk for a 17-minute match, but these guys, you know, the, the reinvigorated Undertaker really clicked here with The Rock. Yeah, uh, this is my dude's Rock match of the night. I went 3.75. When you have an embarrassment of riches with star power, mm-hmm. like, this is – the perfect angle to do uh, with these two guys. Um, they made it about respect and, you know, if rock, not giving it to undertaker or having lost respect for undertaker with everything he's done in the last two months. Uh, so this is really good. And getting like flair and Vince and the pipe and the ref bump, like everything just clicked. Um, yeah. So th- I thought this was just a showcase of like two pros going out there and doing their thing in a super high level um, and not even in a main event setting. I mean, they're, third from the top here so with the uh, triple main event um so that takes us to uh the second of our three main events and that is triple h taking on kurt angle we get to see uh triple h for the first time in a long time this season as he has Mm -hmm. returned from the quadriceps tear uh in a singles match taking on angle i went three Something was missing for me. I don't know if it's the obvious slower pace that triple h is working if it was all the stuff with steph um if it's angle suddenly kind of being treated like a joke where he was like so intense this season right uh and looked like the most dangerous man on earth um so yeah three for me i didn't i didn't love this but it's not bad either i went three and a half i liked it it, it was better than i thought it was going to be going back to do this rewatch because I, I know in the past they've had so many matches and i feel like the chemistry didn't quite click similar to rock and undertaker like i thought their match was always good not great but I, I liked this one a lot. The Stephanie stuff was fine. Um, they do this the typical February swerve where the guy you assume is going into Mania with the title shot loses. So Angle, you know, at this point right now, we, we're getting Angle heading to Mania to either fight, face Austin again or Jericho. So you figure some more shenanigans will come in at some point with Triple H. But uh, for now, anyway, Kurt Angle is our number one contender. Main event time is a rematch from Vengeance. Steve Austin challenging Chris Jericho. Um, they give him 21 minutes. I never liked this match. I, I guess I liked it a little better than last couple of times. I went three and a half. But I just feel like these guys, A, never really clicked. And B, Austin was like, the frustration for him was starting to seep in. You could tell like he felt maybe a little stagnant again with his character. Unsure where he's going for Mania. He's clearly going to be like behind Triple H now as a top face and The Rock probably. This is what I was saying earlier. When you look at the heel side of what we got cooking, we got Jericho, kind of strong. Yeah. Angle, 
kind of strong, but not really. Like a heel Austin heading into Mania here, you know, as champion. If you're not going to do unification, if you have Austin win in, in December and you do Triple H Austin to pay off the two man power trip with Triple H winning the belt, um, or Triple H Austin not for the title, but blow up with the power trip on the flip, flip side that you were going to do earlier in the year, that speaks a lot better than what we get here. And I'm really not trying to backtalk where I would have stood on this in 2001 because if like Jericho didn't win that belt and it was Austin Triple H, like I think the world might have melted anyway, like that they're not pushing those guys. So I get it. Looking back, I just think, I think you make an argument. Chris Jericho benefits if he loses the belt at the show and doesn't make it to Mania. So mm. even if Austin doesn't hold it from Vengeance, if he wins it back here and defends against Triple H at Mania and let Jericho fight like RVD or do something else, like I think that would have been better for him than what he ends up in. So um, yeah. I think I would have had Austin win here and and defend against Triple H. And they did that the year before. Rock beat Angle at No Way Out and defended against. Austin like it didn't he didn't need to have a long run to get to to get to Triple H I think you can even keep everything the same and if uh look at my match grade here I went three and a half um on par with the vengeance match but I think if Austin obviously the what stuff is going to start turning him face a little bit but if he stays kind of in that gray area where he's Mm -hmm. attacking heels and faces uh and he doesn't have one solid allegiance you get to this match you have Austin win and then maybe the next night the NWO cost Austin the title. Well, now Austin's now a baby face. Now he's going after the NWO. And suddenly that match, whether it's going to be against Scott Hall or Kevin Nash, um, whatever it is. And then like the NWO is also wreaking havoc. Um, so like if you do that, now that match at WrestleMania has like higher stakes. And now you have Austin as a face um, and you can still iron out the main event pitcher. But yeah, it just feels like the power chip deserved an ending. Um, yeah. But I will say the risk there, which I get, is Triple H and Austin splitting pops. You know, so like unless you really keep him Austin over as a heel in these three months, like they're going to be splitting pops and it's going to be tough. You know, you're not going to get the pure reaction. The the one thing with Jericho that they had was they made him such a milquetoast bitch um, that like Triple H was clearly the favorite <laughs> at WrestleMania because Jericho was just a pansy weasel heel. So the other thing, uh, I, I didn't talk about this when we talked about the Rumble, um, but when it's down to Triple H and Austin um, in like that halfway portion of the Rumble or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you can tell Austin's playing ball with like everybody throughout the match and even like towards the end of the match. But like with Triple H, there is just, there seems to be a tension there. And it's not that Austin's unprofessional right. by any stretch. He's very giving to like, everybody in that match and then when it comes to triple h you know it's kind of like two bulls clashing and i don't um bulls clash um it, it just yeah i just maybe well, you know where things are headed I, I mean yeah. we know where they're headed and i think this starting here with him i think it's frustration looking you know we remember like wrestling with shadows right when brett talked about this like all right you turn me heel now sean's taking my heat i was a face i'm behind on it like so it's like with austin it's like you turn me back face and now i'm your number three face behind the rock and behind um, triple H. So it's like, what are we doing? And the RVD is on the rise too quickly, you know? So all of a sudden it's getting crowded on the face side of the hall and Hogan's about to be a face. Hogan, of the too. Yeah. yeah. So it's like flair is up there. Like, so like there's a lot of faces right now. It's um, heavy. The one thing I hate too, we didn't talk about it. the show started with the NWO. We'll talk about that in a second, but they come out here and attack at the end. And I hate 
it's actually a pretty famous place to be podcast episode. We talked about this, me and Scott. Like it, it's like the NW is like the three stooges as Austin's like slapping him around and stuff. And like, it just made them look at like goofs out of the gate. They end up overwhelming him and laying him out, but Austin fights them off for far too long. Like they're bouncing around, bumping into each other. Like it has made them look like goofs, like goofy foot soldiers instead of the dominant heels. Like they should have came out with just completely laid waste. Yeah. Um, from like JR's podcast, from Jericho's books, from like all accounts, it seemed like the roster was very uneasy with the NWO coming in. Yeah. And if that's the case, they should have just either held off or everybody needs to play ball and the NWO is going to come in and they're going to look dominant. And guess what? It's a fake TV show. Right. Like, it's okay. Um, it felt like, you know, when they bring in people and they have to lose on like house shows first, like it felt like we were watching that live with like the NWO, like being made to look like goofs by Austin backstage and yeah. rock. And then here at the end, getting like, yeah, just it took all the steam out of them. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, they didn't. They didn't make them look super strong in this night. And even right up until the um, up until the uh, intro, where they're doing like the fake um, sanctimonious stuff. Oh yeah, that nitro promo, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're like, you know, oh, we're just here to be fans and friends. Like, you know, everyone hates us. Blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, come on on like it is i don't know like it was obviously disingenuous it was just a weird everyone was like ready to get into the angle and then they're out there doing that it's so weird yeah all right so it's a total match score of five and a quarter so pretty good <clears throat> let's get to our categories build we gave a point for billy and chucky becoming official developing their gimmick they got a new theme chucky. song pretty iconic theme song uh, a point for the return of the creepy Goldust vignettes targeting Rob Van Dam. A point for Spike and Taz becoming legitimized as champions. A point for Undertaker continuing to look for respect and brutally attacking The Rock uh, after he mocks Maven, uh, eliminating him. Rock helps Maven win the hardcore title. So a lot going on in that feud. Uh, a point for the good continuation of the rubber match of Edge and Regal with the Nux coming in as a stip. Uh, a point for the good long-term history baked into Triple H, Angle, and Stephanie. And a point for Austin staying true to his year-long character. He's obsessed with the Dirty F title. It's the one thing he stayed true to ever since No Way Out of One is that he is obsessed with the world title and he'll do whatever it takes to get it back. Yeah. Uh, Rock and Maven was like the mega powers for Light Skin <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Amazing union there. Uh, for the bonuses, we've got Vince wanting to kill the WF with a lethal dose of poison. Uh, weird approach to do it, especially coming out of the invasion again. Uh, Flair makes lazy uh, tag team turmoil for the WrestleMania title shot. We've got uh, Triple H's main rival becoming uh, Stephanie, uh, despite being in the world title picture. Mm -hmm. uh, it overshadows Angle's chase for the title as well, uh, yeah. or title shot. And then we got the uh, fake pregnancy stuff, um, which just gets like worse and worse uh, as time goes on. All right, so that is a four for build. Commentary, uh, I thought Jaron King did a good job establishing what the NWA was about in the open, what they could do, why everyone's nervous. A point for JR saying the Taz and Spike are the smallest tag team champions ever. Kind of cool little fun fact. And a point for JR putting over Austin as the greatest world champion ever. I think that was a good yeah. staying true. I would have thought that like Marty and Kid were smaller, but I mean, if you're going by height, I guess not. Yeah, maybe that's what he's going um, by. I mean, I'd split, yeah, yeah. Spike, you think he's, he's probably lighter than the kid was at that point? His kid was tall. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, for our minuses for commentary, we've got King Perving on wanting to measure Stacy's legs. We've got mm. King saying his favorite movie line is about a teenager uh, putting a flute inside herself, uh, putting a flute inside herself from American Pie. We went minus two there. Well, I mean, uh, what got- an all like this guy's got a reputation of like lusting after minors in a creepy way, and he's like, oh, that's my favorite movie where she does that thing with the instrument. It's like what? She's like seventeen in that fucking movie. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, even by like 2002, we're already talking about like a dated reference uh, right. with the first American Pie, you know, three years removed. Um, I'm not done with King here as uh, he's hammering things into the ground about um, just like taking the effectiveness away all night. Talking about the power of the punch, power of the punch, power of the punch. Oh, um, it's as usual, this ramming shit down to the ground, yeah, trying to annoy JR. It's, he sucks. It's more, yeah, this is the most glaring time where you get it, where you're watching Heyman seeing what that role could be, and then you're back to this fucking slop. Yeah, I can't help but to think, like, how much better things would be with Heyman on commentary. And Taz is coming, at least. Like, as soon as his tag to run, he's already been doing commentary anyway in 01, but he, he really steps up in 02, so, like, gives us something, at least, as you go through 02. So it's a negative one on commentary. Uh, atmosphere, we gave a two for the pop and engagement with the NWO. The crowd was really into it. A point for the pop for the Hardys' return. Uh, you know, they reunited the Rumble, but then they were off again until here. So uh, a point for the crowd being locked into RVD the whole time. A point for the Taker's rolling entrance, still pretty hot despite being a heel. A point for the crowd going wild when Vince shows up and gets destroyed by the Rock. That was a fun moment. A uh, point for the Triple H entrance. A point for the crowd going nuts with the what chance and being in on Austin. And a point for the truck theme entrance set, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we have no minuses for the atmosphere. Uh, yeah. The Bradley Center was rocking on this night. A fun little forgotten crowd. So that's a plus yeah. eight for atmosphere. Uh, notable moments. We gave a point for the NWO uh, making their debut uh, with the Hall and Nash returning. So we gave that three. And then we give Hogan's return three. Uh, first paper after nine years. So I think those three together, factoring the NWO is worth a sixer for that. Yeah. Um, when you consider the legacy of all those guys. A point for Undertaker and Flair feud kicking off and escalating. A point for Kurt Angle winning the WrestleMania title shot. A point for Rock and Hogan starting their feud. We'll talk about that in a second. And a point for the NWO attacking Austin and, and painting them. Uh, for our minuses, we have the APA winning the title shot for WrestleMania over Billy and Chucky. Uh, the Rock Shit. Pants in the NWO um, and Austin beating them up just makes them feel uh, and look like goofs like we talked about. We got the ref costing Tess the match kind of silly uh, despite playing into the immunity angle. Just like yeah. they're just playing way below the potential of uh, what the immunity Well, yeah, it's like Tess is bullying the ref because you can't follow me, you know, and then the ref yeah. pushes them. That's stupid. Um, all right, so that's a plus seven. So pretty good scores here. Uh, five two five for match grades for card structure. We gave a point for starting hot at the NWO. That's what everyone wanted to see, and then a point for stacking the top three matches and closing out the NWO. Just really strong card progression all night. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses, we've got the Dudleys versus the Hardys once again. Uh, we got Austin has the NWO stooging around for him instead of looking like a uh, strong unit on night one. Uh, we got no women's match as they were progressing the division um, and brought the title back. So that felt like a, a little bit of a step back. All right, so it's a negative one for card structure. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get to rewatchability. The 3D on Jeff Hardy on the floor. Um, we get the nasty clothesline from Hell on Billy. And uh, a little 
nod to uh, some PTB history. This is where JR says, for the love of clotheslines. And that is the drop you hear in the open to clotheslines and headlines. Uh, we have Regal's uh, great double underhook powerbomb on the floor. That was nasty. Uh, a point for sh shredded and just loaded Mr. Perfect to donate from New York. He says, even the rats are ugly here. I, I think he it was meant to be like the rats in New York, but no current heading. He meant yeah. the rats at Dota of New York. Uh, just, just, he's fucking hammered on that segment. And then um, a point for an all-time moment, and that is the New World Order. They meet Austin backstage, and Austin offers him a beer. That one was fine. Uh, but the all-timer. Hey, the same rock. Come on, guys. Hey, well, it's a people's champ. I'm a bull. Hey, this is my son's favorite wrestler. Really? Hey, how about a shot? Come on. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Picture with the rock. Yes, sir. For your son. Yeah. No problem. Here's Matt. Okay, you guys get in ready. What did you just say? No, 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 no. Doesn't matter what you just said. See, you shouldn't have said that. Rock was being a man, no problem. Picture for your son, no problem. Rock will tell you what you could do with that camera. You, Chico, Razor Ramon. You take that camera and you shut it up real nice. And then what you do, you give it to your big buddy. Big Daddy Cool, Diesel. You turn it sideways, and then you give it to him. Give it to Hogan. Hogan, you take that camera. It's already shined up. Turn sideways. Eat your vitamins. Say your prayers, and stick it straight up all your candy asses. I've been laughing for 21 years at that fucking hon honking noise. It's like amazing. His face when he does it, but the, the way he gets the horn sound is. <laughs> He couldn't have nailed that any better than he did. It's like so demeaning. It's like, <laughs> it's like the comedy law of threes, too. It's oh, the three hawks is perfect. Oh, it was so funny. I mean, yes, it makes the NWO kind of look goofy, which whatever, but it's so fucking funny. It's so good. I'm like, yeah, good stuff. Um, all right. So what do you got for the negatives on rewatchability? Uh, so we got that weird promo by the NWO to open the show, talking about being good guys and we're a bunch of marks. And uh, who can say God bless Fitz McMahon in America? <laughs> it just it felt like a um, a promo that would have been done at um, like the the spring break nitros, like yeah, loaded, just, out of control. This is it not shouldn't have been their finish. return. Like they should have been fucking assholes. You know what I mean? Said like they're doing this fake sincerity stuff. Yeah. Um, so minus one there. Um, we got uh, Hall making beer and drinking uh, jokes as well during the yeah. promo. That wasn't great. Uh, Austin pretty much destroying Jericho and getting the visual pin and only losing because of the NWO. Uh, and Jericho just feels less and less legit uh, week by week, which is not what we needed uh, with him heading into WrestleMania as our champion. No, definitely not. It was... That's why I think he should have lost, honestly, and just like worked on rebuilding him and giving something else because at least it would have stopped the bleeding here instead of the next month of, you know, dead dogs and everything else that he's got going on and Stephanie's bitch boy. Um, all right, so that's a two for rewatchability. We had no all time matches either way, and that gives us Marcus a total score of 24.25. So a pretty strong outing. It puts it at 23rd uh, all time. So. Top 24 finish? I mean, a top 25 finish as of now. Right above TLC 2015, right below WrestleMania 32. Uh, only a point and a half below King of the Ring, a one. 
which I, I never would wow. have coming in. But we know King of the Ring got killed by, by DDP and Undertaker. I mean, that really yeah. destroyed that show. So this was, you know, I think it's a fine show. I think it overproduced a little bit based on atmosphere being so good. I don't think we expected that to be as hot as it was. And the moments, there's like a lot of moments. The NWO is worth six alone coming back. So yeah, there's some negatives to them as well. But it's pretty much this show without the NWO on either side, I think is more in that like bad blood 04. Like, you know, that like Mm -hmm. tens where it's like nothing happening kind of show. But the NWO really drive this on both ends. It's some big positive moments, but then some negative stuff as well. Yeah. And once again, a really good atmosphere. Um, Nothing to take away in the atmosphere. So that really helped too. Right. All right. So that'll do it for us. Um, no changes to our top 10. So I don't think we need uh, to do we that a, again. We do have a change because we got oh, our talking. Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's been a long night, buddy. All right. Let's run it through. Uh, number 10 show is uh, we have three shows tied for 10th, actually. It's Money in the Bank 2011, Judgment Day 2001, and Survivor Series 2001, all tied at 2875. That's the order we have them in based on the tie break. All right. Uh, number nine, we have Backlash 2001 with a 29.25. Number eight is Royal Rumble 2016 at 32. WrestleMania 21 at 33.5. SummerSlam 2015 at 35.25. Uh, the Royal Rumble 2005 with a 36.5. Tied for third, we get two shows. SummerSlam 1999 at 38.25. Uh, and then we have SummerSlam 1992 uh, with the tiebreaker being uh, Mr. Hitman and the British Bulldog. Uh. <laughs> our second best show of all time SummerSlam 2001 with 39 points and a brand new king atop the leaderboard number one Roar Rumble 2002 with a war of 44 so by far and away our number one show that we've done on this project so far it's even a full spread our 91st and last ranked show over the limit 2011 is at negative nine so pretty good you know gap there but what 52 ish 53 ish points between the two of those so there you go all right that'll do it we're out of here we'll be back in two weeks we're going to wrap this season up talk wrestlemania 18 we'll do some awards and a month from today we'll be kicking off another season here on wwe war until then continue to live your life above replacement level check out everything we have to offer the north south connection thanks for listening thanks for watching Talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> oh,